Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. The following segment is from Monday, Football Monday, on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. Jake, welcome into the SB Nation NFL Show. How you doing, brother? Doing good, Michael. Glad to be on. Absolutely, man. So the Ravens, let's go. They went 20-13 to over the Titans to advance to the divisional round where they will play the Buffalo Bills. Before we look ahead, uh, Jake, there is a uh, sigh of relief around the uh, narrative surrounding Lamar Jackson this morning because he and his Ravens, of course, it's a team game, have now won a playoff game. Uh, how how relieved are you that that narrative is now dead? You know, it's funny how sports works like that, isn't it? Where sometimes like a win like that, it should just be pure jubilation and joy. And we certainly were feeling that. But I think on our show last night, which you can find at Baltimore Beatdown Podcast, if you want to uh, give that a listen, we were talking a little bit about uh, – you know, obviously it is jubilation. It is joy. First playoff win for this franchise in six years, a franchise that is not used to going that long without one. But when the narrative, you know, which is everyone's favorite word right now in the discourse, whatever you want to call it, got so toxic so quickly surrounding this young guy, Lamar Jackson, who is so likable in so many ways to a lot of people. But uh, for a lot of other people, they just want to root against them for whatever reason they you know, have in the back of their head. They push this whole narrative there I go again about him not being able to win in the playoffs which I think was pretty asinine to begin with and uh, I thought it was only a matter of time before he proved them wrong but uh, you're certainly right in the fact that it wouldn't have been fun waiting another 365 plus days for that to happen so it's very much a relief here on this fine Monday morning yeah, and I think that the big story here because remember it, it is a, a team game things looked kind of bleak early on for the Ravens with the Titans scoring on two of their first three drives jumping out to a 10 nothing lead Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator for the Titans, looked like he was in his bag and dialing some things up. But the Ravens' defense would stiffen up, only allow three points over the next three quarters. What happened on the defensive side of the ball for the Ravens that led to that dominance over what's been a pretty doggone good offense this year? I don't know if they were doing anything specifically or if the Titans just stopped going to A.J. Brown. Um, <laughs> I know Brown had a couple drops, I think, a couple collisions with Marlon Humphrey, who he was getting the better of early on, but then they kind of settled into their rhythm and Thankfully, they didn't, you know, Wink Martindale, their defensive coordinator, didn't make any changes on that front, which I think I and a couple other people were maybe hoping for because uh, AJ was definitely getting the better of him in that matchup, starting with that touchdown for the Titans to go up early on them. But I don't know, man. They, it just seems like they came into the game with the mindset. And a lot of people, I think, in the uh, analytics side of the community would say, like, well, it, it doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about stopping Derrick Henry. You got to worry about stopping this passing game. And I think, uh, you know, I kind of come down a little bit more in the middle between that whole meta argument between analytics and whatever else. But, you know, I probably would have sided with you have to stop this passing game because that's what's kind of getting the better of you here early on. But they stuck to the plan of uh, getting Derek Wolf and Kalias Campbell, Brandon Williams. A lot of these guys they didn't have in that first matchup and just saying stop number 22 and just mm -hmm. kind of let the chips fall where they may. They did that. 
they held Henry to maybe his worst game in a couple of years, and uh, they won because of it, I think. Let's let's flip sides back to the offense, because I had had a big discussion with Mike Renner of PFF when he put out his piece saying, you know, have defenses figured out Lamar Jackson? And of course, the, the answer is always more nuanced than, uh, than you would think there. Obviously, the Ravens did have a bit of a slump, but it seems like things have changed a bit for them. What's your confidence level on this offense uh, entering the rest of the playoffs here? I think it's pretty good because they found a formula that I think works for who they are. I think there was some uh, maybe a little bit of angst early in the season and through the middle of the season about what is this offense? What are they trying to do? They, they're not built to be this high flying passing offense that they tried to be. And frankly, they did look like early on in the season. You know, they dismantled the Browns with Lamar just going 22 for 25 in that first week of the season, looking really good as a pocket passer. And then uh, it started to look a little shaky and then it kind of fully fell apart. Uh, as did their, you know, it kind of coinciding with them um, having half their building get COVID. So, you know, kind yeah. of a, a weird season in that respect. But they basically emerged from that offensive funk and that COVID funk, whatever you want to call it, uh, with the mindset that we're just going to do what works best for this team. And I think there's part of that whole narrative thing is that you can't win in the playoffs with this rushing attack and this running quarterback well. You know, when the passing game isn't working and he throws up this stupid, awful interception to Malcolm Butler, it's like, yeah, well, you know, like you can push back against that all you want. But right now you're looking down the barrel of, like I said, another year of having to argue against that. But then he breaks it wide open with a long touchdown run, flips the field and uh, gets them right back into the game. So I think uh, it kind of has proven itself to be a, a good formula, at least so far. We'll see how it works against Buffalo. Here. Make sure you don't miss our next conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.